And this episode, I want to go through the uh, beginnings of what later uh, became known as uh, Melchizedek House of Prayer. And I want to give you uh, some of the background on that. Again, I, I believe these episodes are important in the introductory phase for you to be introduced to introduced to uh, our background, life, um, and the way this ministry was founded, and why we're going into uh, these 12 phases of the galactic progeny. To start out with, if you have your Bible, I'm going to start out in Exodus 24, and we're going to look in uh, some verses that are related to Moses, starting in verse 12, and then also in Matthew chapter 17, which is called the Transfiguration of Christ. I was at my house uh, one evening, and my wife was away with the kids, and I, I was praying. I said, Lord, I really want to like understand what is what does it take to to come up and be where you are and and be in your presence literally the audible voice of god spoke to me uh you know son turn to exodus 24 and matthew 17 and for some of you you may know how these passages connect but for me at that early point in in development i had no idea how these passages went together and so this was really profound and would set up which what would later uh, become the melchizedek house of prayer in exodus 24 12 it says the word said to moses come up to me to the mountain and, I, and remain there and i will give you the stone tablets with the law and commandments that i've written so that you may uh, teach them and then moses uh you know he goes up with joshua and he goes up into the mountain and he tells his elders and there were 70 elders he says uh, hey wait for us and we'll return to you and then Aaron and her will be there for you and if you have matters of dispute go to them and so Moses is going to go up into this mount let me just kind of set this up I get this word from the Lord you know come up and be with me and he tells me I want you to go into a 40 day uh, water fast son and um, mind you, this is also at the, you know, we're coming to the end of the Song of Solomon series that I mentioned in the last uh, event, in the last episode. And we are uh, told to take this water fast. And I'm also have been in a, an extended Nazarite vow for a year and had had to take it literally. And so uh, I'd lost uh, three significant people in my life. One man I, I had the opportunity of leading to Christ. Another one who was working for me in a company, uh, a small construction company. I had tent maker, um, like my lead lead guy. He uh, flips his truck over and dies. And then my spiritual grandfather, Pop Winters, passes away. And in that vow, um, you're not allowed to go uh, to the. I wasn't allowed to go to these uh, funerals and things. And that that was very difficult to go through. My hair is long, a long beard. Um, my wife's not a big fan of either one of those. Uh, culturally, it you know maybe doesn't go so well uh, in certain environments. And then I also was not able to take a, a vinegar or the grape or anything. So I had had communion, and uh, that was not going well with the seminary. I was uh, with Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary at the time, and. Uh, they were uh, giving me down the road for that. That's certainly I have not heard from God. And so I, I was in that kind of pressure of consecration. And the Lord says, you know, I want you to go on this 40-day water fast to conclude your one-year Nazarite vow. And so 
in this, the Lord says, come up and, and be with me. Come up where I'm at and, and speaks to me a lot like Moses. And uh, he give me this revelation. I want to share it with you because it really sets up like this uh, Melchizedek order that I'm going to come to know uh, intimately uh, about. One thing when he tied together Exodus 24 with Matthew 17, what I want you to do is just look at this with me and see what you think. But in both cases, there's some similarities here with the transfiguration and Moses going up the mountain. In, in both cases, they they go up on a high mountain. Um, in the transfiguration, he'll say that in verse 1. In Exodus 24 or 15, when Moses, he'll say he went up on a mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. Um, in both cases, it says that it, that it was after six days. Uh, it, in verse 1 of the transfiguration, six days later. And in Exodus 24, it'll say the cloud covered it for six days. You'll also see something like uh, the Lord's face will shine like the sun. And then you'll see this uh, in Exodus. You'll see the appearance of a glory was like a devouring fire uh, that's on top of the mount. Well, as you know in the Transfiguration, that Moses and Elijah uh, appear there. And we we know, and I'm not going into this section today, but Elijah, you know, he's caught up into a, 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 a whirlwind, and a chariot took him up. And I'm sure that many of you know that story. And so right here in this uh, mountaintop experience, you have this bright cloud in, in the Transfiguration. You also see this cloud appearing in Exodus 24. And Moses going into the cloud, and he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, when the Lord revealed this to me, I, I was sort of like aghast with it because I was like, now, wait a minute, that was some time before, uh, you know, and I'm not sure the exact year. Some of you may know, but, you know, Moses and now Elijah, Moses being the law, Elijah being the prophets, and Jesus are all there with the three you know, Peter, James, and John, and, uh, wow, wait a minute, Lord, are, are you, are you saying that all of you were there at the same time? And, you know, it, you know, th this is over 10 years ago for me. So it, it was like, that is wild. You mean, oh, okay. You exist outside of time. So when you were transfigured, you were transfigured and you were in a different dimension, uh, one that's beyond our time constraints here. And Moses and Elijah were there with you when Peter, James, and John were with you. And, you know, uh, I, I get quiet. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he says, uh, and you can be with us there too now. And I... I think that was like one of the most flabbergasting moments for me. Um, as I was being introduced into a concept that was very foreign to me, uh, you know, when aviation, everything is about timing and you got to be perfected on, you know, plus or minus five seconds on things and turn to this degree and all that and set your heading this way, set your speed and all. There's so many laws of the air to be observed. You know, it's just it's just way more than what it is on the ground. And I'm starting to enter into a, a, a different dimensional law that I don't really understand. And that uh, that we can be outside of a dimension that we normally exist in right now with the Lord 
And um, and I don't know how new that is to you or your framework, uh, but that it really impacted me. And he and he started to speak to me about this end time uh, church and end time people. And end time, you know, I call it the galactic progeny. Where actually, I'll tell that story in the next episode. Uh, the Lord called it, you know, galactic progeny, the heavenly sons, and that we could be in that space with Him now. And so out of that, um, I go in that process, 40-day water fast, really get, you know, thin, probably lose almost 30 pounds, Uh, get kind of scared at the end of it. And I wouldn't advise that for anybody to do that. Um, But I ended up going on some vitamin water at the end to keep my heart rate down because I was starting to... The body was starting to eat the fat, I think, around the organs and things because it, it, it was... A long extended fast. At the end of that fast, um, I just uh, one day I, I was working with my uncle Ed, and we were um, he was mowing some grass, and I was clipping some shrubs, and I was so broken and emaciated, and I, I said something to the Lord. I said, "If okay, if you want me to serve your church, I'll do whatever you want." It was almost like. It used all that just to break break my life so that I would just say yes to him about what he wanted to do in this church. And I said, you know, I will give myself to you today in this regard. And I remember I got a, a phone call from a local pastor, and he said, uh, ask me if I'd come over to his church and begin some prayer. And that next, that was on a Thursday, I believe it was, I, I had received this book. Uh, called I believe it was uh, Red Moon Rising from one of the guys over in Europe who was pushing the 24-7 movement and I told the pastor I said you know I don't even know what to do with my life anymore this was the uh, fall of 2008 Uh, the economy is uh, getting hit really hard the housing is getting hit and uh, my company tent maker basically is failing at that point and uh, because we can't secure contracts uh, to build. So anyways, I'm just really at a low point. And, um, and I said, well, I'm going to just come and pray. Is that okay? And he said, yes. And I, I went out to the church 630 every morning. Well, what's going to end up happening is one of the wildest things. And I have no idea uh, what it is to receive the vision and mission of a ministry. But I, for the next nine months... And these are some of the neatest stories, but I uh, start to receive, receive what we would call uh, Melchizedek House of Prayer. And just like a baby that would be born, um, MZ Hop was perfectly within the nine-month pregnancy cycle, and it's, it, it's born into the earth that next year on, uh, I believe it was Father's Day, June 21st, uh, 2009. Well... Uh, some really kind of like interesting things that happened one morning a friend of mine from the seminary said hey Carol like, can I come and pray with you and uh, you know I was telling him about some of the prayer meetings and how amazing they were because you know when you get along with God you know you're just going to get flabbergasted with some of his ideas and you know his ways are not our ways and I would get in there and just be praying in the sanctuary, have all the lights offset for some just dim lights, going after the Lord, and uh, His presence had come in so strong. 
And uh, I had long hair, and I remember I was, I was listening to, like, uh, Ashley Pryor and Misty Edwards and I think Corey Asbury and, you know, some of, you know, um, Reimer and Marcus Meyer. And I was listening to them, and I it was just so overwhelmed by the love of Jesus and the presence of the Lord. And I remember I just shaking my head violently and hair is going everywhere. And I'm just in love with Jesus because I've never felt like a presence like what he can bring to prayer. Now, if I I mean, if I can impress anything upon you is to go and get still before the Lord somewhere. Uh, if you need worship or and some meditative type scriptures, get alone and just let yourself go uh, and and wait until you just you're not thinking anymore but it's just him and there's moments every time i've had one of those moments is most amazing well out of those moments he one morning i'm in there and he says melek and i i knew a little bit of my bible by then i'm like are you saying molek you know and and it's like no melek melek and so i had to go look it up and find out melek means king and um, the next day when Aaron, he, Aaron, who, who came to pray with me from seminary, because I was telling him some of these stories, and he's like, oh, i got to get in on this. And and that, that morning, it's just clear as day, the Holy Spirit says, Melchizedek, house of prayer. And um, I, I remember, like, sitting on the front row with Aaron after we had prayed, and he's like, dude, this is amazing. And the Lord's like, you know, who's sitting beside you? And I said, Aaron, you know, and he's like, think about that he's like there's two orders there's an Aaronic order and there's a Melchizedek order and uh, Aaron he is so excited he was a wild man I loved his style and stuff he had his hair all over the place and he was kind of like a cool little emo kid with stickers all over his car and and loved to play his guitar and things but um, I go in the back and I said Lord if you're really speaking to me like you just give me a sign and I had one of those life application Bibles, and I open it up, and it opens up to, and, and the life application Bibles will highlight particular people, and it opened up to Melchizedek. And there he was, there, there was the, and the Lord said, is that good enough for you? And I said, yeah, that'll do. You know, you must be saying that to me. And I said, well, I can't have a name like Melchizedek House Prayer is so long to say, so... I need an acronym, and I worked on that for about two days, and he, you know, he just gave me MZ Hop and Melech Zadok, the righteousness, and the priestly function of being ministering to the Lord. So MZ, and then House of Prayer, and so next kind of big event, the pastor that I was in that church with, he says, um, "Hey, uh, Carol, you know, there's a guy here local in Charlotte, right over there with Rick Joyner's ministry. His name's Kirk Bennett. Let's go see him. And uh, he's got a ministry called Zadok House of Prayer. It seems kind of close to to what you're talking about, Melchizedek. And so uh, we we went over there to to see Kirk, and I got an appointment uh, with him that following Tuesday, I believe it was. And so um. Go to sit down with Kirk, and I don't know him. And again, uh, you know, I don't know his first impression. Maybe you could ask him one day. But you know, the long hair and the beard, and you know, later on, you know, on my side, and then you know, he's just a wonderful, fatherly man. And I just, you know, today I just respect him greatly. And we just sat down and had a 
a talk and he looked at me and he said, you know, I've at that point, I've been studying Melchizedek for seven to ten years. And he said, you know, this is a really significant thing that God is doing in the body of Christ. And uh, and he said, you're going to have to be careful about this ministry. It's, uh, it's fraught with all kinds of problems. And, and, and he said something to me, and it, was, it really, you know, just stuck out to me because he said, you know, back in the early 80s when he was receiving his call, he had met... Uh, a guy, he was a prophetic voice to him, and he had spoke to him, and he said uh, that that the Lord was going to establish his government or put his feet down, as the way Kirk said it, in Asheville, North Carolina area. And he was going to build a government there, and and so you know later on when Kirk got assigned to Z-Hop, which was in Charlotte, he he talked to this prophetic friend, and he said, "Why are you going to Charlotte? I told you this work's going to come to Asheville." And so that being said, Kirk said, you know, Carol, I, I really believe that God's handing you something that was spoke to me years ago. And he said, and one day, you know, there's going to be a significant crisis that happens in the United States. And when it does, uh, it'll be a signal, you know, I'm going to come to Asheville. And, and so that was really encouraging because, uh, you know, what I'm not saying is in the background of all of this is trial every day. I think my wife and I, Kara, and our kids, we're just going through um, financial struggles, relational struggles with other people, misunderstandings. There's threats. There's 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 an internal threat of just the need for sanctification, sin issues that God is exposing and we're repenting of. Um, this internal thoughts and mindsets also. You know, friends and family getting it, not getting it. It's, it's. We don't even understand. And so you got, and then you got the devil that just wants to make your life hard all the time. So, you know, I'm sure that you can relate to that. Uh, you're listening to this podcast. You're in this remnant, more than likely, or part of it. And and even if you're not, you can relate to your own intrinsic struggles, and also you know, extrinsic struggles of um. You know, there, there are things in our life that are always trying to pull us. And, and, and when you're going to take a stand for anything that's not normal or usual, uh, it's going to challenge uh, the people that are around you. It's going to challenge yourself uh, and some, even your own, your own history. And so out of that moment with Kirk just came a re-solidification. And, and after that, and I think I have, you know, approximately 80 pages of notes of the Lord laying out, uh, you know, his ministry in, in the Melchizedek Order. I think in that month I had received um, a, uh, some information from a book by Nita Johnson that she wrote. And yeah, I believe it came in out of September of 2008. It was on the Melchizedek order also. And we'll put these, we're going to put these books and links up for you on the, the episode. So you can go back and review these and look at these yourself. Um, because you may want to dive into some of this. Uh, and I'm going to make sure that as far as I'm able to, you're going to get a lot of good material to study uh, and to look into if you want to dive deeper into each episode. Um, but one one of the particular things that, that came across my 
uh, into my purview while I was going through this was uh, something I've, I've called the New Breed uh, Transcript. And it was, a, it was a transcript that was put out of a conversation between Bob Jones and uh, Mike Bickle. And I, again, this link will go up for you in this podcast. But ultimately, what, what I want to just share with you is uh, just a little bit at the end of it, because Bob Jones was basically saying that there was a generation that was coming forward. And I, I want to just say this off the start, that I don't believe this generation is related necessarily to your age. I believe it's a, a, the generation of God that's in your heart as you've said yes to them. I don't want some of you to feel like, am I in that generation or not because I'm uh, older or I'm too young? or I, I don't want you to hear any of that. I, I think this is uh, something that could be for any age. And I just want to say that to start out with. But he said that in this transcript, he says that out of the sands of time God had elected to bring forth in this hour, he's going to bring a generation of young young people that are coming, and they're, they're children of the elect generation, he said. And as this thing grows, this generation is going to see the inception of a move, and it will begin in their time, and they will be children in the Spirit. And then Bob says that not only will they have the Word of God in them, that's the foundation, the apostles and prophets, but they'll have the Word of God in them. And they will have the power with the word, the spirit and the bareness of the church will be over the foundation over and the foundations of the church will be raised up. The walls will be raised up. You're going to see a glorious church begin to come in. And he's talking to Mike and he said, you're going to begin to birth it. And it's going to take about 15 to 20 more years to get some of you into some level of maturity. There will be neither male or female in this, he said, and there will be maturity, what God is seeking. He said he's going to raise the saints up to that level. First, he's going to bring in the fivefold ministry, but then there's going to be this ministry after the fivefold called the ministry of the, of perfection, the Melchizedek priesthood. Well, man, I didn't know anything about this when the Lord said, you know, the Melchizedek and the house of prayer or the order. And, and I came across this and I said, Lord, you know, that sounds really exclusive. It sounds prideful. Um, I'm just not sure about that. You know, now I would say that this isn't a prideful thing because when the Lord gets a hold of you, he's going to, he'll deal with the humility. He just has his own way of doing that. And uh, he, he knows how to take care of that really well. He wants us in dependency and with contri- contrition in our hearts. And so that's not something that we can really fix for ourselves anyways. Um, but he said, uh, he said this to Mike, he says, you're here now, you'll be moving in fivefold ministries, but your children are going to be moving in the ministries of perfection, the Melchizedek uh, priesthood, and coming to that character, coming to the divine nature of Jesus, not having to come out of the wilderness, but being birthed natural into the Spirit, moving in the Spirit, moving in the way the Holy Spirit does. There is a purpose, and it takes a while. You've got to get out of religion. You've got to get out of Egypt. You got to get out of death. You got to get out of dying out in the wilderness to get the next generation into warfare. And that's where you are now. You're in the warfare. Take the promised land and then you'll raise up a generation to possess it. Well, the children that are coming forth are, will possess the promises of God. And that is the last day generation. And again, I just want to repeat that that generation is not based in age it's based in heart Um, man looks on the outward appearance but god looks on the heart and so young or old you can have that youthful 
godliness about you that is completely submitted over to Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And and, and Mike says, um, I want to say something about this. The Lord said to Bob, we're going to be like the David generation that have many wars because there's a great transition in the bodies. There's been misunderstandings, gossip, slander, persecuted, even with the house of God. He said, that's why we won't enter into fullness ourselves, but like Solomon who built the temple because the Lord gave him permission to build the temple. He was not a man of blood or a man of war. But he said this generation, next 10 to 15 years, is a time of war and transitioning in the body, for whole new orders in the body. But our children will be the kings and priests of peace and not of wars. And that's why they will go beyond uh, where a lot of us are at. Well, again, that... That came to me in those in those moments of worship and prayer. Um, there, there's a lot that happened. Um, there's too many stories for me to tell. But suffice it to say, those were the beginning days of MZ Hop. And uh, there's one other aspect, and and I'll finish up with this. In in Proverbs, uh, there's a particular verse, and it it's a uh, about the seven pillars of wisdom and it talks he says that there are these seven pillars that are established and then the house uh, will be built well what I'm going to do in the next uh, podcast is I'm going to go through the seven aspects of the church or the seven houses or the seven camps of the church uh, because we're going to move into what this eighth this eighth house is about or the eighth day or and um and we're going to set the stage for that and so uh, uh you know tune in next time for us going through these uh seven church aspects i'm gonna lay that out for you and uh, let me pray for you uh today jesus we love you uh we we're all about you and I just want to ask you um, for encouragement right now for every soul that is um, hearing this podcast that is different unique peculiar fascinating completely given over to you or maybe just to even question whether they can keep on going I pray today, Lord, that you give them encouragement, strength, vitality, to believe what it is that you've called them into, um, that, that they have purpose. And I pray that their purpose would be born uh, anew today with a new vibrancy and a new strength to say, come again, Lord, let's do this again. I'm signing up again today to say yes to you in your name.
And our eyes have been open We can 